JM and the AM, hour number two. It is a Monday morning broadcast. Well, as we've been saying, there's no official KFWE this year for the consumers. That'll return Bezrat Hashem next year. I'm assuming it's because most of the Israeli wineries couldn't come in. Jay will tell us if I'm right or wrong on that. I'm just theorizing. Um, uh, but there is a trade show that's going on that's sort of like a KFWE uh, today in New Jersey, and therefore you do have some of the players from Israel and other parts of the world who are in right now. And uh, we have an opportunity to speak with one of them who has his hand on the pulse of what's happening with Israeli wineries. I said that this week, at the minimum, uh, vintners and farmers are going to be featured on this show because we need to explain to this audience how so much of the manpower in Israel is being used for the war effort. And there are people with vineyards and farms who just are completely shorthanded. And it's an industry, and of course the experts will will confirm this for us in a moment. It's an industry where you got to stay on top of everything. You can't just let the you know the land sit there and um, you know, because it affects the the subsequent crops and the subsequent harvests, etc. and winemaking, etc., etc. Etc. So there you go. So Sam Soroka, who's uh, the uh, head winemaker over at the Psagot Winery in uh, Hare Yehuda in the Judean Hills in Israel, is going to join us in a moment. First, I'll introduce the one and only um, top kosher wine sommelier in the history of planet Earth. Wow. What a designation he has. It's the one, the only, Jay... Books down, and you should know because you gave me that designation. <laughs> I think I change it every time, but it only gets better and better. So, so who's complaining? I hear you, Jay. D- do these two things for us before we speak to Sam. Number one, am I right that it's sort of like a mini KFWE uh, kosher food and wine experience today, but just for people in the trade, just for people to to see what's new, what's going on, and what they need to know before Purim and Pesach. Yes, absolutely correct. It is a mini KFWE, but it is only for the trade. And Mr. Shen next year will be back with bigger, better, and more wonderful uh, KFWE for everybody to join. And I'd have to imagine that's because of what's going on, that, that there was an adjustment made this year. If I'm wrong about that, you could tell me. And, um, and so that's the first thing. And, and uh, I think people need to realize that there is a... Uh, uh, a concerted effort, and I know that you know Jay's obviously behind this. I'd like to think that we're a little bit behind it as well. Concerted effort to have people in this audience, especially those in the United States, to buy Israeli wines at this time to support uh, the the wineries as best as we can, because everybody there in Israel is going through a very challenging situation. So, uh, what what can I tell you other than uh, uh, all we could do is continue to encourage people through the retail outlets, through the websites. And wherever it is that you're purchasing for Purim and Pesach, keep Israeli wines at the forefront of your thoughts and the forefront of your wine purchases because we've got to support everybody we can in this industry, in the state of Israel. Now we have an opportunity to introduce Sam Soroka, who's going to explain to us why this is such a difficult situation for our brothers and sisters in these industries, farming, wineries, etc., in Israel, he is the head winemaker at the Psagot Winery, which we've visited. It's absolutely beautiful, just gorgeous, in the Judean Hills in Hare Yehuda. Sam Soroka, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning to you all. So, I mean, to simplify things, I guess it's sort of what I said earlier, 
the majority of the manpower of the country is being utilized in the war effort, and it seems that everybody in your industry is shorthanded. Does that where all the trouble begins in terms of trying to keep up with everything, that you simply don't have the manpower, the personnel that you normally would have in a regular season? That's 100%, and it actually started uh, on Shabbos, October 7th. Uh, First of all, when the manpower was called up, uh, a lot of, we couldn't even get trucks to come and pick and deliver the grapes. So there's a few things. It was, 2023 was a great harvest, really a less than usual crop, about 86% of what we were expecting. But the quality is so beautiful and and sitting in barrels and uh, waiting to come out and and bless uh, Claudius Royal. It's uh, (laughs) We really did, but go and find the workers. So we had to pick a few things early because we couldn't. I was told, Sam, it may not be at the end of the harvest. This vineyard, this Petit Verdot, which makes more, needs more time, you might want to wait another two weeks, but in another two weeks, we're not going to have drivers because they're going to be they're already drafted. So it started in the vineyard. And then uh, our operations manager, who's... Um, Part of a very, very, very special unit called Shayetet. And uh, then he, he was gone for, for two or three weeks uh, right away, immediately. And, and then his assistant, who also organizes a lot of the winemaking, was also gone. So we were immediately understaffed. We had to get the wines, the grapes that we could get in. And, uh, but uh, Baruch Hashem, it's, uh, we're somehow managing to find... Uh, enough workers and to get the work done now it's, it's what, what you just described and that was october what you just described has not let up right i mean you as you just said you've been able to find the workers which is great and we'll talk about that in a moment but the pressure that you guys are under has not let up since then right it's it's really it's i would say it's let up a little bit because at the beginning you had no idea what you were up against i mean we have to remember that the uh, the unknown factor was so great that even Joe Biden hopped on a plane and came right. to Israel and hugged Netanyahu and said, we're with you guys. This kind of support from the U.S., we've always had support from the U.S., but this is unheard of that a president right. who loves Israel so much gets on a plane and then says, I'm hugging you, I'm supporting you, and I'm also sending some aircraft carriers. Yeah. So it was words, it was deed, and uh, but now that things have settled, so it's a little less. Um, and we 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 understand who me make it me and the big challenges of war, but we're still understaffed. Sam Soroka with us, Psygot Winery now, and he's in the United States now for the reasons we explained. So. Would your colleagues agree, forget for a moment those who are relatively large, I mean, you guys, and then, you know, there, there are a handful of wineries, and Jay could obviously expound on this, there are a handful of wineries in Israel that would be considered, you know, really large, you know, close to giant operations. What about your colleagues who are in the smaller wineries, who are in areas of Israel where it's more difficult to get workers? What could you tell us about the industry in general? I can tell you that a dear colleague of mine at a, a much smaller winery was drafted 
and he wasn't there to give uh, regular work orders, like for barrel topping and for uh, basic maintenance of the wine. So when he, he was released uh, just a few days ago, actually, about a week ago, he came back and he said, whoa, you haven't done this, you haven't done that. He didn't have the manpower, he didn't have the people to check that the work was being done. So uh, we went in and we helped him. So here's another thing. We, we went in, we helped him, we tasted the wines and said, okay, you need to do X, Y, Z to get back to speed right. and uh, so that's that's all over uh, the smaller wineries if their top person has been drafted well you know the, the wines have to sit they have to wait unbelievable and i have to assume that the waiting game is sometimes a game of destruction. I'm sorry to put it in such drastic terms, but there has to, and I know nothing about making wine as much as Jay has taught us over the years, but the reality is that if you do wait, it could put you so behind the eight ball in terms of timetable that you could ruin entire crops or an entire harvest, correct? It's, it's possible, but I think I have to say that the, the general level of winemaking... <coughs> Uh, is so much more uh, advanced than it used to be that all the activities done are done on in the right time. And if they're done in the right time, okay, you might have to wait because some of the work didn't done. Right. It wasn't done, pardon, pardon me. But you're not going to lose the crop. And even the, even going the, to, and you're, you're going to have to catch up. And even the smaller wineries have the machinery and the technology these days to to do what you just described. They're not they're not working all by hand, so to speak. Well, uh, put it. To, I mean, the 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 war hit at the end at the beginning of October, the end of the harvest. Right. So most of the grapes were already in, right. and that's a big blessing. Right. So if the grapes are already in and they're processed, then you're really looking at uh, checking things like malolactic fermentation, which needs to be checked regularly, and sulfur levels, which is a lot more, how shall we say, day-to-day. Right, understood. All right, Jay Booksbaum, where is Psagot? I mean, you know, I know Sam's on the phone, so you may want to be careful how you put this, but, I mean, if we're going to rank Israeli wineries, are they very close to the top? Jay, Jay, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I asked. I asked. I know Sam's on the phone, but still, I want your perspective. Where is Psagot? Are they among the largest wineries in Israel? How would you describe them? They're amongst. They're amongst the largest of the boutique wineries. And um, so there's like, yeah, there's kind of like two levels or three levels. There's you know the large wineries. Uh, you know, uh, Carmel, Barkan, Tepeberg, etc. And then there are, you know, the larger boutique wineries such as Psagot and, uh, you know, perhaps even these days um, uh, Castel and let's say Shiloh. Those are the larger boutique wineries. And there's the little guys that make, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 cases. Now, now, what has all this done to sales, Jay? Um, I mean, I guess Sam could answer the question also, but I mean, you really have the perspective because you could talk about the the audience that we have here in the New York, New Jersey area. What has this done to sales? Is there any shortage of any of these wines? Are there wineries that are having difficulty getting product or finishing their product and sending it to this side of the world? Or, or is all the potential for any of these delays really postponed because, you know, we're not feeling the, the, the after effects immediately, but we may feel it months down the road. How would you evaluate all that? So there's a complex question here. And, and the answer is, 
until this terrible, terrible matzah happened, there was no wine. There was very little wine, and it was compounded, thank God, because it was tremendous success in the wine, you know, especially amongst boutique wineries, it was tremendous success in sales, especially in Israel, especially in the restaurants, and especially in hotels, and especially in fine wine drinkers drinking more fine wine. And then, and on top of that, you had Shemitah. So all those wines could not come to the United States. So between those two things, there was a terrible, terrible shortage. Then the war hit. And guess what? I got calls from smaller and larger boutique wineries and even larger wineries. Jay, please. Our wine, our wine room is closed. Our tasting room is closed. Our clubs, you know, they, they sell directly to consumers. Our clubs are closed. All the restaurants, the fine restaurants that we sell to are out of business for now. And it's gotten better, but it hasn't gotten good. And so there's an enormous amount of wine. And as a result, we, and this is a great tribute to the Herzog family, we did an amazingly, very aggressive uh, January promotion for Israeli wines. Right. Where, where, where in some cases, the sales in January tripled for some wineries. Right. And overall, they, they doubled for the month of January. And so you're going to see a lot of support in the street with pricing and with sales, etc. cetera, uh, I hope, through Pesach to support Israeli wineries. But I do want to go back to something that Sam, you asked Sam about and that I've heard from other wineries. And that is, you know, yes, all the wine is in for the past harvest, but the current harvest, meaning the one that hasn't happened yet, requires pruning, etc., and I'm sure Sam can comment on that better than I can, but I've gotten feedback from a lot of wineries, especially in the north, where, where it's near Hezbollah, where you, they can't get into the vineyards, and if they don't prune and do things in the vineyard properly in the next few weeks, guess what? Some whole vineyards might not be able to be harvested come you know, June, July, August, and September. Right. And Sam, can you comment on that? Well, Sam, also, as you comment on it, I mean, we're, we're under the impression based on the volunteers that have been asked for on farms and, and, and wineries throughout Israel, we're under the impression, as Jay just described, that there's literally a, you know, a daily upkeep where there's always work to be done in order to make sure that eventually the harvest will be good and robust, etc. Could you address that in terms of the daily needs of a winery? Uh. Sure. First of all, daily need, there's a daily needs of a winery and daily needs of the vineyard. The vineyard needs to be upkept, as Jay mentioned. Now the, uh, the vineyards are being prepared for harvest 2024, and it means workers have to go in and cut the, the dead wood of the, of the vineyards that have already given their neshume for uh, 2023, and now all the, the dead wood that's remaining has to be removed to make room the growth of the new harvest and that is that is unfortunately being delayed but a lot of wineries are somehow vineyards are somehow pulling together staff but it's not something it's really quite specialized work so you just can't pull someone off a plane uh, to start doing that because that takes a lot of training to decide which branches that are that are need to be removed are to do it because that will affect the quality and the quantity of the the buds that are going to sprout and the grapes that are going to be produced. So that's highly specialized work. 
but there are a lot of people coming in. You know, funny enough, I was talking to Jay. I went to a perfume shop yesterday, a very, very, very famous perfume shop. And of course, I'm into perfume because of, you know, the olfactories and the, and the smells and the beautiful aromas. And of course, the woman, I hear a French accent. And then we start talking. She's a Jewish woman. And in three weeks, she's coming down to volunteer to harvest fruits and vegetables at Moshavim in the south of the country. So there's... um she can go and do that, right. but to get her in a vineyard and prune is a little bit, uh, how, how do we say, episandish. Yeah, it's a, a, certainly more complicated. Look, the, there, there are volunteers who are told to go pick cucumbers or, you know, go, uh, you know, g- gather up uh, peppers, and, and they know what that means, and they're able to go ahead and do it immediately. <laughs> when it comes to the vineyard, That's right. there are certain skills they're not going to be able to do right away. Sam Soroka from Sagot. And Jay Booksbaum are with us live via telephone. Sam is in for the limited KFWE, if you will. It's for the trade, and it's happening later today. The um, <coughs> the neighborhood you're in, Sam, it's the Binyamin region. It's Hare Yehuda. There could be challenges with your neighbors, so to speak. Um, I, you may not have the rockets like some of the wineries do up north that they have to contend with and worry about whether they're facilities are going to exist day to day uh but I, w- I would assume that you've had to have taken some precautions implemented certain things that were not in place before october 7th am i right or wrong uh sorry can you repeat the question just about- in terms of safety and security you're not in the greatest neighborhood quote unquote or you may have some aggressive neighbors have you had to make major adjustments in terms of how things operate and the security system around your vineyard, around your winery, in the uh, Hare Yehudan, the Judean Hills. That's right. Around Sagot, all of all, all almost ninety five percent of our fruit comes from Hare Yehuda, the areas of Shiloh, Har Bracha, Yitar, and uh, Elon More. And these areas have a lot of uh, Arab communities around them. And it is a very, very different situation. And uh, we know that in the town of Hawara, which you must pass through to get to Harbor High, Lon Moran, Yitzhar, there have been a lot of altercations, a lot of fires and, and things that uh, have been exacerbated because of the war. But uh, we remain courageous and somehow... We, we get the okay from the army, we get through, and we, we do the work that we need to do. But there are vineyards in the north. The, I, on the border, I was just talking with Orniedbach from uh, the Tavor winery, and he said, there's a few vineyards we're just not going to be able to harvest. They're just not going to be able to do it because of what's going on uh, in the north with Hezbollah. And, and that means that we will, not, we, we will not have any of their wine or their other vineyards and other areas that they're able to, to harvest? Like- oh, yes. There are other, they have many, many vineyards. They also have wonderful vineyards uh, in the Shiloh area, in the Hare Yudai area. Some of some vineyards that I'm very glad, uh, through negotiation, uh, that uh, Sagot has acquired. Some beautiful Cabernet, beautiful Shiraz uh, that used to go to Tavor, but Tavor has planted other vineyards in different parts of the country. And they're still going to be getting, I would say, most of their fruit, but there are a couple of choice vineyards in the north on the border that Orr just told me two days ago, uh, it looks like we might not be getting that fruit. So hopefully things will quiet down, but he's already prepared as the winemaker. He may not see that fruit this harvest. Unbelievable. 
Jay, what uh, percentage of uh, Israeli wineries are at today's event compared to last year? Do you have any idea? Um, I would say probably 70%. Oh, so, so the majority them, did come in. Most of them, the majority did come in. Not, but what's interesting, yeah, but, you know, when you say 30% down, that's right. a lot. Yeah, that's true. Okay. That's true. A lot of the winemakers, and even in some cases, um, you know, for example, Sam is here. He wasn't here last year, but, right, Sam, were you here last year? I was here last year. It was on, okay. it was on Pier, okay. uh, but it was on the, Pier 60. On the, but there, in Manhattan, yeah. there are many wineries that who, who sent winemakers last year that are now sending like um, salespeople and right. marketing people and you know that kind of thing. So you know it's not as robust certainly in terms of the talent from the Israeli wineries, but they're showing up, man. And you know just the fact that seventy percent are yeah. showing up Agreed. is amazing, actually. Look, the, 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 the takeaway from this conversation, especially knowing where the majority of this audience is, is that there's going to be plenty of Israeli wine to purchase before Purim and Pesach. That's the bottom line. Anybody who thinks there's a shortage, it ain't going to be like that. We're going to have golden opportunities for Psagot and other wineries to really enjoy American consumerism, uh, both leading up to Purim, which is just under a month from now, and leading up to Pesach, of course, at the end of April. By the way, Sam, what's the signature wine? If the uh, if the president of the United States visited the Psagot Winery and you had to serve him a glass, which glass would it be? Uh, my favorite is a wine called Peak. Uh, that is just a stunner of a wine. It's a Rhone Valley blend, which means it's from the the origin of it. Uh, and the idea and the vision is from the south of France. It's Syrah, Petit Syrah, and Shiraz. So it's a robust wine, spends uh, 14 to 16 months in oak, choice fruit from our best vineyards. And um, me being from Montreal, Quebec, and speaking <laughs> to my background in France, uh, it's, it's a stunner. That used to be our, uh, our flagship. And then as time going on, there's another flagship and another flagship. So right. our top wine is Jewel which is our top Cabernet Sauvignon and our top Petit Syrah put together. But uh, if you can, that's a beautiful wine, and it only comes out when the fruit is bang on and absolutely beautiful quality. Jay, you agree with Sam's decision? That's the uh, glass that gets served to the President of the United States if he visits the Psagot winery? Absolutely. We had it. I was fortunate enough to have the honor of having Sam for Shabbat, and okay. we had a wonderful time together, and we showed both the peak and the jewel. And I, I think I'm going to go with Sam. I like the jewel. I'm sorry, I like the peak, but the jewel is is like a oh my god, is a blockbuster of a wine. And if the you know, and Americans uh, in general like what we call opulence. You know, right. they like that big, rich, yeah. you know, knock you knock you over flavors. And the jewel has that, and I think, uh, you know, yeah, I think that would be the wine to go with. Sam, how impressive! How impressive is uh, Jay's uh, wine collection, or is it completely overrated? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, he he, uh, he couldn't get me out of there. You know, funny enough, I took my jacket off to get in there. It's a little cooler, you know. I'm from Canada, so I can deal with minus twenty. So you know, I took my jacket off. I was in there for so long. And I was like discovering all of these incredible, incredible wines. I, I mean, Bordeaux's from 
uh, even 1890. Okay, it might wow. not be drinkable at this time. Wow. That's right. There was one 1890. There was a couple of Ikems, which is, uh, of course, the what they call the noble rot, the gorgeous dessert wines picked berry by berry. There were some, a few of those there. It was uh, he couldn't he couldn't drag me out. Wild horses could <laughs> not drag clear, me away. Just to be clear, I I got to interrupt you because just to be clear, those wines are there for. Uh, just pretty purposes. Yeah, they aren't it's, good it's, wines. It's showpieces. They're showpieces. They're showpieces. No. Impressive. Yeah, this but is what this, we this, did. This is for show. Huh. But, but what we did do is, is I, and they're not kosher, by the way. So, yeah, go ahead. We got these. Jay has a wonderful collection of uh, of uh, Bordeaux wines from Medoc, from uh, uh, Medoc and, uh, and Margot. Beautiful, beautiful. Pesac Leonion, and we had some of them. Beautiful kosher wines on the Shabbos table, and we could have this wonderful debate. Ah, this one is better. I prefer that one. I prefer that one. There was a Chateau Lascombe 2015, and there was a 2020 Leoville Poiferet. You know, one is younger, and it's still like a baby. And Lascombe is much more complex at this point, but... Both gorgeous, stunning pieces of wood. Yeah, you know what? You know you could tell, if I may, you could tell. Whenever I have these winemakers over from Israel, and you know, you would think that the first thing that you would want at the Shabbos table would be their best wine. Right. And they go, no, 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 no. I don't want my wine. I want to find out what do you got in the cellar, Jay, that is not mine. You oh, know. I hear and that's that. What, uh, Sam, Sam I hear shows that. That's right. Really wonderful Margots and Bordeaux's that uh, we really all enjoyed. And now because of Sam, I have to stop these rumors that your collection is overrated. My gosh. Um, well, <laughs> Sam, Sam's... Not overrated. Nah, no, nah, I joke around with Jay. We know each other <laughs> quite a while. Uh, he's my official wine sommelier. All my knowledge of kosher wine or any wine comes from the one and only Jay Booksbaum, to say the least. All right, everybody, it's very simple, and the message is really clear. Thank God our brothers and sisters in Israel and the wine industry are making it through this challenging time. Obviously, every winery's got its own challenges, and every story is unique. Uh, but we have an, a really, really easy role that Jay uh, laid out for us minutes ago. A really easy role. There's going to be plenty of Israeli wines available over the next couple of months in the United States. And we have an opportunity before Purim and Pesach to really help the Israeli economy and the wine industry in Israel by making sure to have plenty of it on our tables. That's the bottom line. Jay, it seems that that's always the bottom line, but these days it's really, really important. Very important. Um, Sam, I thank you. I look forward to reuniting with you in Psagot, Bezrat Hashem. My pleasure, and as my booby would say, my falgenigen. Please, uh, you're welcome anytime. We'll welcome you, and we'll, we'll craft open up some peak and some jewel and some single vineyard cabs. Just let us know. Does Psygoat still hold events? Do they still hold uh, events and weddings and things like that in the winery? During this, uh, this very difficult period, uh, for the first two months, there was nothing. It was quite, it was very quiet. Right. And, um, but, Recently, you, like I said at the beginning of of the war, people, everyone was in shock. Yeah. But now things are we're able to see what how they say me naked me who's against who. What are the greatest challenges of Sahel? The borders have been secured, and then little by little, people felt that okay, we do have an event and we would like to celebrate. But at the beginning, no one was in a celebration mood. Well, we're getting back then. You're basically telling us we're coming back, Baruch Hashem. 
we're getting back, and also what Sagot has done is they've hired a French pastry chef, and he's working every day with these gorgeous croissants, pain au chocolat, and these beautiful uh, patisserie. We call it the Sagot patisserie. And uh, they're really delicious. And, you know, Nama, uh, the co-owner of the winery, was telling me, she goes, she couldn't believe it. We started off with, like, on they would open up Fridays just for that. And at the beginning, there was 20, 30 people. She told me just before I left, Sam, there's 600 people that came on a Friday morning. And, you know, but but that's the beauty of, of Psagot. And it's an honor to be there is Yaakov and Nama have this incredible vision, an artistic vision, a Zionist vision, and I am honored to be a part of that vision. And Todaleo, things seem to be going well. Yeah, it's a spiritual experience, frankly, when we visit there. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. My thanks to Sam Soroka, Sagot winemaker. He's in the United States for the reasons we mentioned. And, of course, our thanks to the number one kosher wine sommelier on planet earth some would say the entire galaxy uh, frankly and that's the one the only jay books down have a wonderful day everybody thanks jay thanks sam pretty amazing more coming up it's jm in the am